we are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. Just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean you don't have to deal with taxes. And your host, Darren Wirtz, is with a guy who can help with tax planning. In fact, planning is the key word here. I'm Patrice Sikora. Darren, would you please introduce your guest? Absolutely. Um, I'm very super excited to have with us today Mike Jesoshek, who is a CPA and he has a, a unique uh, specialization in working with small business owners and particularly attorneys. In fact, um, that's how I got to know Mike. I reached out to him on LinkedIn because I was looking for accountants that specialize in some of the unique uh, concerns and needs that attorneys have. And I found Mike and we uh, connected and we've done actually a few different webinars together um, over the past couple of years that have been pretty successful. I think the first one was during the pandemic. Isn't that right, Mike? It was. Yeah, that was a fun time. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, that's kind of what I was doing. I was reaching out to, you know, try to connect with people because, you know, all the in-person uh, networking stuff was was moot at the time. So anyway, yeah, Mike is the founder and host of his own podcast, the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. And he has spent his entire career as an entrepreneur. He was CFO and co-founded several companies. Throughout that journey, he has experienced all business stages from successes to failures. And Mike's mission is to help hardworking business owners, especially attorneys and law firm owners, overcome complex IRS rules and overinflated tax bills so that they can enjoy the fruits of their labor. This is how his podcast, the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, was born. Mike also earned his bachelor's degree in business administration and his master's degree in accounting. And he is, of course, a licensed CPA. Mike, is there anything I missed there? I think you nailed everything on the dot there, Darren. Great. That is quite a resume, Mike. But uh, tell us how you actually help business owners and law firm owners with taxes. Yeah. So, so really, you know, my intention and my goal is to help law firm owners understand the tax strategies that are available to them. And, and really, when I first started my career, especially on the accounting side, I started an accounting firm back in 2013. And we focused a lot on just bookkeeping. So all we did was bookkeeping. And all of a sudden, we get clients asking us tax questions. So I would try to answer those. And if I didn't have an answer to it, I'd reach out to some accounting counterparts that I had and say, hey, can you answer this tax question or can you give me some insights on this? And I continuously, continuously got this answer of, well, it depends. You know, I'd ask a question and say, well, it, it, it depends. And, and I said, you know, I understand that it depends, <laughs> but at the same time, that doesn't help anybody. I, w- I, w- I could never get an answer of any certain kind. And so that was really kind of the mission I set out onto is that saying that, I understand it depends. I understand that every tax strategy and everything else, you should consult with your tax account and and really confront them with it. 
But for 85% of the scenarios out there, it, it's the same for everybody. So, you know, we, 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 I was talking to accountants and always hearing this, this idea of it depends. And so my goal with this tax savings podcast is to just bring insights to small business owners and attorneys out there about the tax strategies that are available to them. And so that's really kind of how our, our, our podcast was born. We started out in just doing weekly episodes, bringing those tax strategies and ideas to, to professionals and, and how can they implement them, what's important to them. And, and really, my end goal is to have business owners understand what's available to them out there. Because so many people don't think that they're big enough for tax planning, don't think that they can comprehend or implement tax plan on their own. And that is just something that we're trying to push over the board and say, no regardless of your size, regardless of where you are in your business, there's tax planning and tax strategies available to you. And what does tax planning actually mean? Yeah. So this is another question that people often get so confused with. When we look at tax planning, when people hear the word tax, they typically think, you know, I'm preparing and filing a tax return in March or February, talking to my accountant, giving them the documents, and then moving on and talking to my accountant again next year. And that's kind of that's what we call tax preparation. That's that's compliance. That's simply taking information and sending it up to the IRS. That's taking information, send it to the state agencies. Where we want to kind of flip the switch and say, when we think of tax planning, we want to go beyond that. We want to go way before that filing of a tax return and what can be done throughout the year to make sure that we're paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. So tax planning are things that we should be doing now because once 1231 hits. There's not many tax strategies that we can implement. There's some available, but the majority of the tax strategies, once the end of year hits, are thrown out the door. So this idea of tax planning is just analyzing our situation. Where are we at in our situation and where's our tax liability plan to be? And what strategies can we implement? What things can we change? How can we change the foundation of our business to help bring those tax savings that we know when we file our taxes next year? that we just know that we've already done all the legwork to make sure that that bill is as low as possible. So when we look at kind of tax planning, there's a lot of different strategies and different areas that we can kind of dig into tax planning. But a lot of times it comes with this idea of after-tax versus pre-tax dollars. And so when we look at after-tax versus pre-tax dollars, the the best way to describe it is is thinking if you're just a W-2 employee working for somebody else. You have your gross revenue or your gross pay and you have all these taxes taken out and then whatever's left over is yours and you go spend it. That's all money that's already been taxed. So any spending you do, we consider after-tax dollars. Whereas a business owner, we're gifted with this great opportunity that we have our, our sales or our revenue, and then we have all these expenses that go into it. And then whatever's left over, we get taxed on. And so what we're trying to change the mindset of business owners is saying, okay, let's start to think of how can we take spending that we're going to do already. Spending that we're going to do no matter what, that typically is going to be considered after-tax spending. And how can we turn that and find a business purpose for it and turn it into pre-tax spending? So that's where kind of the root of idea of when we look at tax strategies, that's the root idea is how can we take spending that we're already doing and move it to pre-tax spending? So we're not talking about going out and buy a truck that you don't need or buying a bunch of stuff that you don't need for your business, but rather how can we do spending that you're already doing and find that business purpose for it? Now, that makes a lot of sense. But then I turn to you, Darren, and say, well, you're a financial planner. What's your role in tax planning for clients? And do you collaborate with tax planners like Mike? Yes, absolutely. 
that that's really a powerful thing when the financial planner and the tax planner can work together. And I really like what Mike said about uh, planning throughout the year because you know people come to you in in April and they want to do all these things, and you really some of the things you want to do have to really be set up in advance. So when Mike was talking about pre-tax and after-tax dollars, my role as a financial planner is to facilitate where we allocate funds in terms of retirement accounts. So that's really a big portion of it. Uh, if we're going to try to put money into their pre-tax accounts, like their IRAs or their 401k accounts and things like that, to try to reduce that taxable income and uh, fill, fill that up so we can you know, obviously have less tax liability. Or if we're looking at a Roth IRA, and trying to think about the longer term picture. So, uh, you know, my role is to kind of think, you know, about the present day with the clients. And obviously, everyone wants to save money, you know, immediately, right away. And that's that's very important because the more you can save, you know, from my perspective as the financial planner, the more you can save on your taxes, the more you can put into your investments, and that just accelerates. The growth of your wealth over time. So that's really critical. But then the other thing too is thinking long term about the future. You know, maybe we do want to have some money in the Roth side. And how do we make how do we try to do that? You know, there are rules that you have to get around. You know, there's an income limit that can be um, prohibitive for some people to be able to access the Roth IRA. And so, but you know, that can have a lot of benefit down the road when we start to think about retirement. So we want to think just you know about today in the present circumstance, but then also how do we make sure we're putting things in place today that are going to minimize taxes over the, a person's lifetime, you know, uh, twenty years from now, and uh, because that's going to be really powerful, uh, and, and it's all about efficiency. Why would you want to give the government more money than you need to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's really the big thing. So, and then Mike, you know, people like Mike have um, a lot more specialized knowledge in some of the caveats, some of the intriguing loopholes, you know, that you can take advantage of to, as he said, convert some of those pre, you know, those those taxable dollars to pre-tax dollars. You know, some things you can get deductions for. What are some um, interesting ways we can take advantage of, advantage of? deductions that we're not getting. And, and I don't have a lot of knowledge about that. I mean, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but <laughs> uh, Mike certainly knows a lot more. And so when a client is um, complaining about taxes, as a lot of my attorney clients do, um, I send them to Mike, say, hey, let's uh, start thinking about how we can plan and put things in place uh, for me, my role, like I said, is really the retirement plan. So it's looking at what type of retirement plan do we need to set up? Can we set up if that's a SEP IRA or a 401k? And then how can we make sure we're taking the most advantage of that program and really you know, getting the, the most benefit from it in terms of tax savings, not just today, but also over our lifetime? This is about attorneys, this podcast. So what's unique about the tax planning for attorneys? Well, from my perspective, and, and then I'll, I'll let Mike uh, chime in on this one, but uh, a lot of attorneys are business owners themselves. And that's really one of the, the key things from a broad perspective. 
Um, I think it's still the case that um, I think the majority of, of attorneys do practice either by themselves as a solo attorney or in a small group, and they might be a part owner of that business. And so a lot of the strategies that we're putting in place are strategies that uh, apply to business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with attorneys, of course, is you know, you're not just a business owner, but you're a working professional in your business. And so you may not have the time to investigate some of these um, tax strategies that may be available to you. And that's where working with a professional like myself and like Mike can really be quite beneficial. And then there are some unique things for attorneys. Uh, Personal injury attorneys, contingent fee attorneys uh, have some unique ways that they can defer income. So if you're a personal injury attorney and you win a really big case, uh, and you're going to get a huge settlement award. Let's say your settlement award is going to be a million bucks. You know, every personal injury attorney's dream, right? <laughs> you get this huge settlement award coming. <laughs> well, here's the problem. You're going to be cranked all the way up into the highest tax bracket in that particular year. And you're going to kiss at least half of that goodbye to the government, the federal government, the state government, the local government, everyone's going to get a piece of that pie. And it, you know, so then um, you're really left with half or less uh, ultimately. So there is a unique thing that contingency fee attorneys can do uh, where they can defer the receipt of that income over a period of years or for a period of years. And, And it's really uh, very flexible how you do that. It's called a structured fee arrangement. And I have talked to a lot of attorneys that don't know about these structured fee arrangements, but they are a really useful tool because if you can take that, let's say it's a million dollar fee, and instead of you know kissing 50% of it goodbye, which then you only have 500,000 to invest, let's say you could put that full million dollars into the market and let it work. I mean, you know, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you could do that, and then if you could distribute it to yourself a little bit at a time over a period of years, you may keep yourself in a lower tax bracket and you may end up paying significantly less taxes. So that's one of the very unique things. Uh, but then, of course, it is on a broader basis, uh, just the idea that a lot of attorneys are business owners. And so we're, we're taking advantage of a lot of business owner-like strategies for them. So those are two things for me. Mike, what do you see that's unique in uh, tax planning for attorneys? Yeah, Darren, I loved how you talked about this idea of uh, as an attorney and you're on your own or in a partnership, you are a business owner. And, and I think that that is something that sometimes is hard. Again, it's a mindset shift. I think some people don't look at themselves as business owners because they're just practicing law or they're, they're doing something that they just know they're great at, but they don't think of themselves as necessarily being a business owner. And and with that comes with a lot of things. The tax strategies that we talk about, we talk about core tax strategies, we talk about advanced tax strategies and how we're implementing those. And, and oftentimes, regardless of what industry you're in, uh, you're going to have similar types of tax strategies. Now, I'd say one thing with with attorneys is a lot of the attorneys that we work with tend to be, you know, making really good money. You know, have a, a considered in that higher net worth area, and that opens up the door to a whole bunch more of tax strategies. So we look at what we call advanced tax strategies. Well, we're really digging deeper. We're really trying to find those advanced tax strategies that are available to business owners that are in that high net worth 
area. So when we're talking with attorneys, that's where we're starting to dig into advanced tax strategies. You know, what are some of those things that, you know, maybe cost some investment up front to, to implement, uh, but can provide some massive tax savings down the road? What are some things that we can be doing there? And that really just opens up the door just because of the, the amount of money typically that we're seeing, uh, you know, solo to, to partner law firms bringing in. All right, Mike, we're talking about, you know, tax minimization, this journey to tax minimization. What does it look like? How long does it take? How long does it take to set up? Yeah, and, and that's something that, that, that that's crazy with tax planning is there are so many different strategies. You don't have to implement all of them. You don't have to to implement all of them. You don't have to implement just one. There, you can pick and choose what you want to go with. And I think Darren mentioned a lot when we were talking about retirement planning, some of the things that he does for attorneys. I think that's that's a key thing to think about is that you know retirement plans might be great. That's just one part of the puzzle. And, and within that puzzle, there's different retirement plannings in there. And so when we look at the journey of tax minimization, this is something that goes on forever. For, for as long as you're a business owner, we're constantly looking at something. What might be a good strategy this year might not be the best strategy next year, or we might be revamping within a strategy and, and changing the type of maybe retirement plan that we're in or, or, or something like that. And so we kind of call this our journey to tax minimization, which is just taking somebody from paying too much tax to paying the least amount in taxes that they legally can. And there's kind of five main steps that we talk about in our journey. And the first one is just as simple as understanding taxes and tax planning. And you know, I, I think that this is something that, that some people don't want to put that time in to just understand how they're taxed. And so when we're bringing, when we're talking to someone, a business owner, just from the beginning, we first need to under, we need them to understand how are they taxed? How is their entity taxed? Now we don't want them to be a tax professional or completely you know tax code. Of course, that's, that's our job as CPAs, but what we want them to know is just at a basic level. Okay. I'm an S corp or I'm a C corp or I'm a sole proprietorship. What does that mean from a tax standpoint? What type of tax rate am I paying? And how does that correlate with everything else? So that first step is just understanding taxes and, and from a basic level, what that means to you. And then again, as we talked about at the beginning, understand this idea of what tax planning is. It's it's not paying estimated taxes. It's not talking to our accountant in, in, in March or, or April. It's doing implementing strategies throughout the year that can be done, implemented before year end. So once we kind of have that understanding of taxes and tax planning, we go to building a foundation for our business. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the key part. You know, what kind of entity structure is my business sitting on? And that's going to play an important role into, you know, how are we taxed? And then what type of strategies are going to be available to me? So I always say we want to build kind of that solid foundation so that we know every strategy that we're implementing or looking at or even considering is just building upon that foundation that we set. And obviously talking to attorneys on here, uh, they know a lot about that entity structure and, and kind of what that needs to look like from a legal standpoint. The second piece is building that foundation from a tax standpoint too and making sure that those align. And so once we kind of have that understanding, that foundation built, now we can go into implementing what we call core tax strategies. And so with those core tax strategies, those are what we call kind of those easy to understand, easy to implement regardless of your size. But we're going to start implementing, understanding, learning any kind of core strategy that we can. And you know, as Darren talked about, that could be setting up a retirement plan. That could be utilizing an S-corp or something like that. So we want to implement and utilize core strategies 
as much as possible. And we want to do that again, continuously year after year. And that's kind of the fourth step is where we're expanding, we're growing, we're revisiting, we're reevaluating the tax strategies that we're implementing, making changes, making adjustments, and, and continuing to push forward, maybe pulling back on some strategies, pushing forward on different strategies, but it's that constant alignment. And many people will just be stuck in this stage four for their entire business, where they're just revisiting those strategies, changing them a little bit, maybe adding a new one, maybe pulling one out that's not as relevant to them anymore. But then some people will advance to what we kind of call our fifth stage in, in this journey to tax minimization. And that's where we start to utilize advanced tax planning. And typically, if advancing to that fifth stage is when you're going to hit certain income limits. You know, Let's say your household income is $250,000 or more. And once we start to hit certain income limits and we've implemented all that we can in our core, but we still have a tax liability, now we might jump into more advanced tax planning. And what can we implement in this stage? Do this advanced tax plan and people will jump into this advanced tax plan stage. Maybe what we've seen recently is someone bought crypto at a low price and it went up and and now they're selling it with a massive gain. Well, we might just kind of jump into this advanced tax strategy to help offset that gain, but then jump back into you know that that those core tax strategies and expanding our tax planning steps three and four as we're kind of going through our regular day-to-day business. So we can hop around these stages, but the key thing is to just constantly be revisiting and reevaluating. A lot of these plans are you can pretty much set and I don't like to say forget, but they're going to run and they're going to run similarly year after year after year with just minor tweaks to them. Others are one, you utilize a strategy one time, one year, and we won't do it again, uh, you know, potentially ever again. And so it's just kind of looking, understanding what's available to you and then analyzing it, adjusting it, and just continuing that cycle moving forward. If I could just interject here real quickly. Sorry, Patrice. Go right ahead. You know, I really like that uh, concept of a journey to tax minimization because clients' uh, circumstances change over time. And I've noticed that with a lot of my clients, you know, as your business grows, as your, your law firm grows, you know, you advance through different stages. You really do. So we might start with something very basic, and then your needs are going to change over time. And so we need to adapt what kind of model. And for me, really, I'm thinking about the retirement plan, you know, what kind of retirement plan we're using. And as we, as you advance to different income levels, how do we need to continue to adjust that to really make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck? So that's a great way of putting it, Mike. Thanks for that. Well, thinking of that and going further with that, uh, all the, the advancement, the changes, always watching, are there two core tax strategies that you really pay attention to the top strategies? Yeah. So when we look at core tax strategies, you know, it's hard for me to say, okay, here are my top two. But if, if I could go into one, and this is the strategy we kind of call our core core. So it's kind of like that, again, kind of going off of that building the foundation of your business. This is almost that, that, that first step. Once you have your business set up, now let's set up this core. And, and that's the idea of an S corporation and utilizing an S corporation to help minimize self-employment taxes. And so, you know, most people when they first start out are are set up as a sole proprietorship or maybe a single member LLC. So when we look at this this idea of an, an, an S corporation, you know, we we look at with if you're set up as a sole proprietorship or a single member LLC, you're gonna pay your normal income tax rate plus self-employment taxes of roughly 15%. When we look at an S-corporation and do the S-corp tax election, 
we're able to split up your income into a salary, which is going to get hit with self-employment taxes, and then an owner's draw or a distribution. And the beauty around the S corporation is that owner's draw or distribution is not going to get hit with self-employment taxes. So basically, we, we take instead of getting hit with self-employment taxes on 100% of our income, we're slicing that in half or we're slicing that in whatever is a reasonable salary for you. We're taking a piece out of that and avoiding that self-employment taxes of say roughly 15%. And so, you know, just as an example, someone making say $80,000 a year, we can see in, in, in an S-corp setup, we can save them almost five to $6,000 depending on what's a reasonable salary for them and what makes sense in their situation. But by just simply electing to be taxed as an S-corporation, we can make that adjustment. Now, the thing with the S-corporation is that you need to be, uh, you need to be set up as an LLC or a corporation. So if you're set up as a sole proprietorship, we can't elect S-corp status. And so that's kind of that foundation that we talked about. What is that foundation we want to set up? We want to have an entity structure set up so that when it makes sense to do an S-corp election, we're fully able to. And S-corporation, the biggest downfalls to it is one, you have to run payroll to yourself as an owner and W-2 employee of your business, which sometimes costs money. And the tax return for an S-corp is a little bit more complex than say just a Schedule C for a sole proprietorship. So there's two downfalls and it's just some additional costs. And that's what we say an S corporation is going to start to make sense once you're hitting profit of say $50,000 or so or more. Anything underneath that, an S corporation is not necessarily going to hurt you, but some of those costs to, to do to change to an S corporation are going to eat into some of those savings. And so that's why we typically say once you hit profit of $50,000 or more, that's when the S corporation is going to start to make sense. So this idea of an S-Corp is usually our, what we call our core, core strategy. It's, it's, a, it's our starting point. And then from there, we can jump into to various other strategies. And I would say, you know, one of my second favorite out of the S-Corporation core strategies is this idea of hiring your kids within your business. <laughs> and the beauty about this is that when we talk about that, go back to that after-tax versus pre-tax dollars. You think about how you're working with your kids is you're supporting your kids' basketball camps. You're sending them out on amusement parks with friends. You're supporting your kids in, in so many different ways. And traditionally, you're using after-tax dollars to handle all the spending for all that. But if you can hire your kids in your business, find something that they can do within your business, pay them a reasonable rate for what they're doing in your business. Now we can get a business deduction and if your child wants to go pay for that basketball camp, they can you, you can get a business deduction. So that's a simple example of taking something from after-tax dollars into pre-tax dollars. The other beautiful thing about hiring your kids is there is a potential if they're making under roughly $12,000 in, in earned income that they would pay no income taxes on it. So you, you're getting a business deduction and your children are potentially paying no income taxes on that income they're receiving. And so this is one of the strategies that I say every business owner should be taking advantage of some sort, some way, depending on you know how your kids can organize in your business. And when I'm talking to attorneys, especially, the one thing I always get on this is, Mike, I, I run a law firm. What could I possibly have my kids help me out? What could my 10-year-old really do in my law firm? Because <laughs> they're not an attorney. They're not going to do that type of work for me. And I said, we need to be creative. And this, this comes with tax planning altogether. We need to think deeply, get creative of where can we find a, a, a way for them to make this work? And so a lot of times, you know, do you send letters? Do you send mailers out to the community that you're working in? Well, could they be stuffing those envelopes or could they be cleaning the office or could they be shredding papers from old cases that aren't relevant anymore? 
or one of my favorites is, is can they help with social media posts? Could they help, <laughs> you know, find articles posted on your social media account? And then a lot of attorneys come to me and they say, well, I don't use social media. I, 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 I grow by word of mouth and I have so much business that I don't even need to advertise. And I, and I go to them, I say, well, that, that's great. I'm, uh, that's awesome. But let's think about this a little bit deeper. If you could pay your children in your business, get a business deduction, they potentially pay no income taxes on it. Would it really hurt to have an active social media account? Even if, even if you get no business from it and no one's looking at it, you, it's a way that you found a job for your child within your business that you can pay them a reasonable rate for and shift some of those after-tax dollars into pre-tax dollars. And so again, with all of tax planning and all the strategies that we talk about, we always want to be thinking about how can we dig deeper into it and how can we get creative and how can we think about how this can affect our business? Because this is one great way. Not only are you just getting a tax deduction and, and moving after tax dollars to pre-tax dollars, but there's so much more that you're teaching your kids along this entire process as well. So if I had to pick two core strategies that I really like, I would say as corporation in hiring your kids. But that's just, you know, it, it's tough <laughs> to, to try and nail it down to two. I can see a lot of kids going to work with uh, mom or dad now this summer. Yeah. <laughs> we hope so. We hope so. And it, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day where they were in a situation where they said, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneur family and here I thought this whole time that my 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 family just really wanted uh, to help support me in my career, but now I'm understanding <laughs> that they were only doing this for a tax break. <laughs> and I said, well, no, no, no. That's the added benefits of this too. Your kids get to learn about working for a living at a young age. They get to learn your business. If they eventually want to take it over, they get to learn that from a very young age. Or on the flip side, if this business is not meant to ever be taken over by your kids, you're going to understand that pretty quickly on because they're going to be like, I never want to do this. I never want to do what dad does, or I never want to do what mom does. So I'm not going to be interested in this business. So I think there is some non-tax related benefits that come from this that people don't necessarily think about on the forefront. Hey, Darren, any thoughts? Oh, that's all tremendous. And in fact, I'll, I'll add um, a step onto that. I, I guess the, the, the trick would be you know, getting your kids to want to work in your business. <laughs> um, but if you can do that, then, hey, the other thing then, you know, let's say you pay them 12000 so it's a deduction to you, and then they're under the standard deduction, so it's basically tax-free. Well, then how about taking that and flipping it over into uh, a Roth IRA for them and letting that grow, you know? If you could put money in a retirement account at the, you know, as a grade school kid, I mean, that could reap some serious benefits down the road wow, for you. Yeah. I absolutely love that, Darren. And, you know, I was actually, that's, that's kind of like an add on too that we, that we talk about. And the other day, I was just curious, I was running kind of numbers of what would, what would this potentially the output be from a Roth IRA one time at the age of eight or nine mm. or 10 or something like that. And I can't remember what, what age I picked, but I, I, I looked it up and said, okay, where would that money be from just one Roth contribution <laughs> at that young age that you just took that money, business expense, and just took a portion of that money you paid them and put it into a Roth. It was over a million dollars by the time they hit 65, of course. Yeah interest rates and all that kind of played into it. But it was crazy how just that small amount, and this is a Roth account that, that you can right. do. And, you know, I think a lot of times we talk about with Roth accounts, the downfall is you don't get a tax deduction going in. Well, when you're hiring your kids and they're not paying any taxes because they're under that standard deduction, 
they don't need a tax deduction. Mm-hmm. The, the Roth account is perfect situation for, for that age group. That's great. I love it. Great. I, I yeah. love it. All right, Darren, we're going to wrap this up here. How can listeners reach you? Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Uh, thanks, Mike, for joining us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, the best way is to go to our website. That's wurtzfinancialservices.com. And right there on the page, if you scroll to the bottom of any page, you'll see a link to my calendar and you can set up a meeting or a phone call or a virtual meeting uh, with me and I'll be happy to chat with you there. All right, Mike, thank you so much. Oh, wait a minute. I almost forgot, Darren. How could I possibly? What's the latest (laughs) on the book? Well, it is so exciting because the book is available now. The Lawyer Millionaire, The Complete Guide for Attorneys on Maximizing Wealth minimizing taxes and retiring with confidence is available right now as we speak from the American Bar Association. You can get your copy by going to theamericanbar.org, and I'm sure we'll put the link in the show notes. Congratulations. If you hear me typing in the background, <laughs> I am headed there right now because I've, I've heard from, I've known Darren for a while, talked about Darren, heard about this book, and I've just been waiting for the moment where it has launched. Well, then we'll have to get you back to do a review, Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Listeners, please follow this podcast and don't be greedy. Share with friends and colleagues. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances.